0: Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also,
1: don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.
0: (laughs) Hallelujah. Good to be back. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. You know, you're in revival when you're turning pages to the text and people are getting excited. And Jesus told them, Jesus commanded them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be damned. And these miraculous signs will follow all who believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. Everybody say, speak with new tongues. So Jesus puts that right in the thing. Why do I have to make such a big deal about that? Jesus made a big deal about it. They will speak with new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. Relax, we're not going to pass any out. This is not Kentucky. This is Alaska. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked with them or through them, confirming what they said. Well, what were they saying? They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then the Lord would work through them from the inside and then with them from the outside, confirming what they said with many signs and wonders. Everybody say, worked with them. When T.L. Osborne brought the gospel to, to, uh, I believe it was Thailand, and I think it was the first time it had been preached, might have been Vietnam. And when he was preaching, he kept hearing the interpreter. Every time he would say God, the interpreter would say Buddha. And so after he did it the third time, he said, you know, what are you doing here? I'm trying to preach, and I'm telling them about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and you keep translating it Buddha. I'm trying to convert them from Buddha to Christ. And the man said, sir, the only God, the only name for God in this language is Buddha. It's the only God. And so the name for God is actually Buddha. So they had to actually invent a word in that language for God. So how are you going to convert people that have been following something for 8,000 years? And then you show up and tell them about a different God and they're just going to abandon everything and serve Christ? No way. Unless the Lord works with you, confirming what you say. So T.L. Osborne's preaching one night on that field and there were hundreds of monks that came, Buddhist monks, because they wanted to hear about this God. You know, they'll give you a chance. And as he's speaking, he sees the whole crowd in unison go like this. And begin to speak, and they're staring. And they're not paying attention to him anymore. And he said, well, what are you doing? And they're pointing and speaking in that language. Everyone, T.L. didn't see it. Daisy didn't see it. But all of the monks saw as he was preaching Christ, Christ appeared behind T.L. Osborne. And then they all gave their lives to the Lord, and that mighty meaning hit. So when you, when you study Christianity... A minister doesn't have an easy job. Somebody just handed me a book after the noon service about how Christ was brought to the native Alaskans. You know, people are not going to abandon and how one of the top shaman, when he saw the power of God, abandoned that and became a Christian. You know, everywhere Jesus sent people to preach. You think of Ireland now. It's a Catholic nation. It wasn't Catholic back in 400 A.D. There were people following other things, and then someone had to come. That's what uh, St. Patrick's Day is. It it would take the devil to turn St. Patrick's Day into a guy that liberated people from alcohol, now it being a day of getting drunk. But St. Patrick drove the the serpents out of Ireland and then delivered those people, if you read it. They came carrying power. And if you don't have that power, number one, it takes the power to convert, where people are going to see that there actually is a greater God or a greater thing than what they were serving. And then number two, it's going to take that power to keep people. Because if you back off in that power, another power moves in to rearrest that generation. That's what God's doing this week. That's what God's doing last week. It's, the story of Alaska is not supposed to be that your grandmother knew God, and your grandfather knew God, and your mother and father kind of knew God, and then you're in major trouble. Every new generation... Peter said this promise is to you and to your children and your children's children. Every generation needs to have their own encounter with God. I said every generation needs to have their own encounter with God. Jesus Christ is not George Washington. He's not Abraham Lincoln. He's not a historical figure that you learn about who taught good things. Jesus is alive. And when you call on him, he will have an encounter with you in your heart where nothing else can go. He pours out his spirit on the hungry and gives water to the thirsty. And so every Alaskan that's in the sound of my voice, and even if you're watching online, from any nation, you're included too. If you're hungry and thirsty and you've tried other things and they failed you, I promise you, Jesus, number one, won't fail you. And number two, he won't cast you down. There's nobody that's done anything too dark or too wicked or has been gone too long If that were true, then when the thief on the cross said, I believe you're the son of God. When you go into your kingdom today, will you remember me? Jesus would have said, nice try, buddy. It's a little late now. You actually think you're going to live a wicked life your whole life and then at the last breath receive me? No, that's not what he said. He said, truly this day you will be with me in paradise. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, you can study that book. God never declined to cry for mercy. So when you're under the under the, over the barrel, under the gun, and there's things going on that you don't know what to do, suicidal thoughts, all kinds of things that people deal with, that there's no way out. They're just enduring life. They wake up and wish it was nighttime already, so the day could be over with. That's not, that's not how God created you to live. And I want you to know the reason we're going week two is because there's more people in this valley that are on the brink of death, and maybe nobody even knows it. They're sick of living. But this is going to be your night where you encounter the risen Savior, and by his power, he's going to pick you up out of the pit and set your feet on the rock to stay. If you believe that with me, put those two anointed hands together one more time and give Jesus the greatest hand clap you've ever given anybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts, the first chapter. Verse 4, Acts 1 verse 4, just a couple pages to the right. Once when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, what will happen when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit? And you shall receive power. Anybody say, I will receive receive power. power." You know, I've I've made this because it's the way to make the point. You can go to about any full gospel church, so you think I pick on other, you know, I pick on everybody. That way no one can really be offended because everyone's offended. You know, it's not right for you to be able to go to a full gospel church and say, how many of you need help, and everybody put their hand up. Now, if they're a visitor, they've been coming two weeks or three months, That's one thing, or one or two people. You remember when James wrote his instruction on prayer for the sick? James chapter 5, he said, are any among you sick? Now if they wrote to the modern church, they'd have to say, are any among you well? James wasn't even sure there were any sick people left to minister to, but if there is, tell them, "Have have the elders anoint them with oil, and their prayer offered in faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and any sins they've committed will be forgiven them. But now you go to, you know, a full gospel church. Everybody's shouting and dancing. How many of you need a major breakthrough tonight? And every hand goes up. And I've been in services where I didn't put my hand up because I didn't need one. You know, the Bible says the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. You won't lack anything. And so when they said that, you know, I didn't fly to that church because I needed help. I flew to that church because the Lord, as you serve him, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over God will not only take care of your needs, God will make you a source of his power to lead other people to him and set the captives free. Can you say amen? amen. And so, you know, you get a funny look. How many of you, you are in trouble tonight need help? Put your hand up. The whole church put their hand up, and I'm, I'm not. The Lord's been good to me. Amen. And then they look back at you and say, like you didn't understand. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not something we can see, but you, you need help. I'm not putting my hand up. If you want to ask me about my life, I don't have a list of complaints. I could stand here... I was gonna say till the sun goes down, but it will not go down. I've been waiting for it for two weeks, it will not go down, which is fine. I could stand here, actually I could stand here till the sun went down, whenever it does, September, October, whenever sunset is. I could stand here and from the age of four or five, I could just chronicle the years of the many things that the Lord did to help my father, to help my mother, to help me and my sister. I don't have a story of how I need help. I have a testimony of how God has been a very present help in time of trouble. And then, everybody say a very present help in time of trouble. Okay, but then once it gets you out of the trouble, then what? You go back living your own life and wait to get in trouble again? No. The same power that gets you out of trouble, you can then keep that power growing. And then, instead of waiting to fall back in to get help, You can take what you've received of the Lord, look for other captives that are in prison, and God will use you to set them free. Why don't you lift both hands all over the room? And if you would, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, Father, this week, week, as I come to your house, house, empower me by your Spirit, Spirit, and use me to to break prisoners out, to set captives free. I can't do that in my strength. I I ask you for your strength. Fill me with your power. Make me a wrecking ball to the gates of hell. Let me terrorize the work of the devil in my generation. In Jesus' name. Now with both your hands lifted and your eyes closed, just begin to thank him that he's going to do it even right now. Even as you hear the word, your faith will grow. In Jesus' name. Go ahead, open up your mouth and begin to bless him. Thank you that you're going to use me. Thank you that I'm not going to watch the state of Alaska shaken by the power of God. I'm going to take my place in the army of the Lord and be used to undo every wicked strategy of the devil. Destroy every perversion of the camp of the enemy. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And you shall receive power, not problems, power. Amen. Everybody say, I shall, power. I shall receive power. You will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present, how many people? So it wasn't just the 12 apostles. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened when they were filled with the Holy Spirit? They began to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Then what happened? Skip down to verse 13 or verse 12. The crowd outside stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed or mocked them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. But Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd Listen carefully, all you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about it. These people aren't drunk, as some of you are assuming. People don't get drunk by 9 o'clock in the morning. You've heard me say, Peter's never been to San Jose. No. What you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last day, saith God. What day are we in right now? In the last day, saith God. What's God's plan for the last day? For us to all buy land in northern Alaska or northern Alberta or the Yukon and dig a hole and get dehydrated milk and AK-47s and try to survive what the devil's doing? No, his plan, the devil has an agenda for the last days, but God also has an agenda for the last days. And he tells you what it is right here. In the last days, I will, not all try, I will pour out my spirit on all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then Peter keeps preaching and towards the end for the sake of time. Now the same crowd that was mocking them. Verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. Everybody say, repent. Repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everybody say, baptized in water. water. For forgiveness of your sin, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for thus 12 apostles, and once we die, it's over. No. This promise is to your children and to those far away, to as many as who have been called by the name of the Lord. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging his listeners, save yourselves from this generation that's gone astray. Then 3,000 of those mockers were added to the church that day after Peter was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter couldn't tell one girl at a campfire about Jesus Christ. And then after he gets filled with the Holy Spirit... He stands down several thousand mocking men. These men weren't saying, hey, do you want to tell us what's going on? We're all ears. They were making fun of them. These people are drunk. And Peter comes forward with an authority, quiets them down, and begins to tell that this is what Job prophesied. That in the last days, saith God, I'm not just going to pour my spirit out on kings and prophets and ordinary men and women once in a while to do a work and then lift it. My spirit will dwell in them. I will fill them with my spirit. And Peter said, this is what you're seeing now. And the tone changed. The Bible says when he spoke, it went to their hearts. And now they said, brothers, what should we do? Interesting. Because if you watch the news and you let CNN interpret the Bible for you, or you let Facebook interpret the Bible for you, you would think that when they said, notice what Peter said. Peter, we believe you. What should we do? What did Peter say? Well, God is love and Jesus is love. So, you know, whatever. Each of you must repent of your sin. You don't hear the word sin anymore in America. Nothing's sin. You have baggage. You have personality quirks. You have issues. You have a weakness. But nothing's called sin. And so then you hear people because the devil wants to interpret the Bible. That's how sin entered the earth. Is the devil interpreting the Bible for somebody? Hey, Eve, take a bite of this fruit. No. No. God said not to eat the fruit. Did God say? If you let the devil talk, he'll, did God say the whole Bible? Return to me in the tithe and the offering. I, I don't, do you really have to pay tithes? Do you really have to pray for the sick? Do you really have to speak in tongues? Do you really have to get baptized in water? Do you really have to receive Jesus Christ? As he re- if you let the devil, he'll butcher that thing till every clear command that God said, well, you know, I don't know. And then that's how you hear people talk now. The only thing, you'd think the Bible had one verse in it. Well, I I believe that Jesus was was a teacher of love, and Jesus was a person of love. Why don't you pick it up and actually read what happened? He was not hugging the money changers. He was flipping their tables over. He called entire groups of people, you whitewashed sepulchers full of dead men's bones. And in John chapter 8, Jesus said, ye are of your father the devil. Jesus never taught that everybody, because God's a God of love, everybody's going to heaven, so don't worry. It was the opposite. The first message that Christ preached was repent and be saved, lest ye all likewise perish. There's not just a heaven. There's a hell. And Christ didn't say, you know, there's a hell, but don't worry about it. There's going to be like six people there. Hitler's going to be there. Stalin's going to be there. Paul Pot's going to be there. And a couple other wicked guys back in history. And that's it. No. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. For the many that choose the easy way. But the path that leads to heaven is straight and narrow. And only a few ever find it. Don't let America interpret the Bible for you. You'll end up in hell. Because they'll excuse everything. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have an election coming up next year. Watch everybody run for president. And everybody to get the Christian vote will tell you they're a Christian. But you will never hear one politician ever say, because of my Christian faith, I refuse to do X. Never. It's always, I believe in you. know yeah, The way I read the Bible, I don't think that Christ has a problem. With all kinds of things. Alcohol. There is literally nothing that this Bible calls sin. That you could make a part of your life and not find a church in Wasilla or the valley that will be okay with it. You like to drink? You can find churches that have drinking clubs where the preacher himself drinks. You like to sleep around? You can find preachers. You know what? I'm, I'm actually, you know, I've had problems in that area myself and we don't judge here. And they'll soothe it over where you'll end up in hell being around all kinds of people and you think it's okay because everyone's doing it. But God doesn't judge based on the crowd. I wish everybody that got an only God can judge me tattoo would realize that he is actually going to judge you. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, we must all stand before, before the Lord. After death, it is appointed to man once to die, Hebrews 9.27, and after that, the judgment. I think that's one thing that's helped me the 38 years I've been on the planet is I told you that story about how an angel came and visited me in my bedroom when I was eight. The angel didn't say anything about me being judged, but you know, without him saying anything, when the Lord opened my eyes to that realm, I automatically knew that one day I'm going to a different realm. They're not gonna hold the popularity poll on MSNBC about how people feel about my sermons. That's why, that's why when Jesus preached and the whole crowd marched out, Jesus said, wait, may, maybe you misinterpreted what I said. He turned to his disciples and said, aren't you guys going to go too? And that was the time Peter said one of the only bright things he ever said before he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Master, to whom else would we go? For you alone have the words of life. So when you realize that one day you're going to lay this shell down. And you're going to stand before the Lord to give an account. And everyone's not going to have to go to hell. Some people are not only going to go to heaven. They're going to receive a reward for what they did. I don't know where I put my phone. I was going to show you a picture, but I can't remember where I put it. It's nobody's responsibility. That's not mine, right? You know, they just sent me the pictures from yesterday. I'll put them up in tomorrow's meeting. You know, I didn't fly to Texas to beat myself up. I realized flying from Alaska to the Mexican border that Mexico is actually nowhere near Alaska. (laughs) When you look on your phone on Google Maps, it looks so tight. It's like this long. But this long in real life is long. But, you know, I go there. My flight's delayed. I got in at like 3 in the morning because it's not just Texas. It's as far south as you can go in Laredo and then go to the church. But why was I there? Because as I'll show you the altar shots there were hundreds, getting up close to 1,000, that came to the altar to receive Jesus Christ. At least 400. I'm saying say low end. Low end, 350. And so you go there. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses what? So a man's soul is worth more than the combined value of the whole world. So you go down there, and those people that Jesus died for 2,000 years ago, turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 11. The scriptures tell us, Romans 10, 11. The scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, How I wish the chapter ended right there because I would sit my butt in Pittsburgh where I live with my wife and daughter and say, Father, help the people in South Texas. Father, help the people that are up in Alaska. In Jesus' name, amen. Unfortunately, there's this next part. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him Unless someone tells them. And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? As the scriptures say, faith comes. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the gospel. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our report? But faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. 1 Corinthians 1, 18. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. You already had people leave now, I'm like 17 minutes in. Me. And I'm unfazed. I've been doing this, seven, I've been watching people walk out of my dad's meeting since I was four. They know everything. It's foolish to those that are on the way to this. Oh, this guy's going to yell about this stuff the whole night. Take it a little seriously. I mean, I believe there's a God or some kind of higher power. And I think there's a lot of good things in the Bible. I don't think you have to get dressed up in a blue shirt and tie and like yell about it. Okay. You know everything. Off you go. That's what Jesus did. He told the rich young ruler what to do. He wouldn't do it. And the Bible says Jesus watched him go. You can't help people that know everything. That's why Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to get in the kingdom of heaven. Not that you can't get in if you're rich. Abraham's there, Isaac's there, Jacob's there, Joseph's there, and on down the line. But when people get a little money, they know everything. Take a little mocking attitude toward the church. I'd like my daughter to sing on the worship team even though she can't sing, but we've given $17,000 to the church. Was that, I didn't realize your offering was a bribe to get your daughter on the worship team. And then if people can't call the shots, then off they go. You can't tell them anything. That's why the Bible says that God, that Moses pleased the Lord because he was the meekest man on the face of the earth. You know what meekness is? Meekness is Moses had seen God face to face and could still sit down with his father in law and his father in law say, If I were you, I would do this, this, and this. And him say, That's a great idea. I'm going to start it tomorrow. Can you say amen? amen. That's why pride comes before destruction. Because pride, in a definition, is nobody can tell you, you know everything. And you can't do anything for people like that. But when people are hungry, that's why you would think, even I thought this, I was wrong. You would think, if you go to preach in a church, that that's going to be easy. And if you had to go preach in prison, that's hard. And it's the other way around. How, how long does he normally go? Because we have uh, brunch reservations with Diane and Grandma. And um, I will stay for a little bit, but if he goes long, then... When he walks to the other side, then get your coat and then we'll go. No hunger. Because people don't need anything. They're going to eat lunch. Whether you preach or don't, they're going to. But then when you go to prison and people are broken. And all the things they thought they know didn't work out. I thought that was going to be tough. And everybody's sitting there. Even the guy with a pentagram tattooed on his hand and a goat skull tattooed on his neck. Then you give the invitation to be saved and they receive and, you know, if you, if you don't wait till you go to prison to be like that and just be like that all the time, that you're teachable and that you search out things in the Word of God and you never hold your own mind. I mean, you've been in almost all the meetings in the black T-shirt. How old are you? 27. I'm 38. We're in the same age group. You, people in our age group, if it doesn't line up with their mind, they don't care what the Bible says. Why would God do that? I don't understand. I don't like that God had Goliath killed. Who cares what you like? If you'll notice, God never consulted you before he did one thing. You have to have, I don't know whether it's because so many people grew up without a father in the home or what, but people don't understand the concept of authority and God. Me and God are not on a level. I'm talking me. So, you know, Lord, I know if if I were you, I would have had Jesus stay in the tomb five days. And who cares? He's God. I am not. I was created in his image. And then he wrote a book that he authored. The Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, authored this book and said, now listen, I created life. (laughs) You know, if I go to gas up a fort, my, my Suburban out there that I rented from Avis at the airport. If I go to gas that up and I see unleaded fuel only and I say, I don't think, who are they to say unleaded fuel only? Boy, how narrow-minded can you be? Let me tell you, I rented that. I'll do what I want. I'm not putting gas in. Why would I put gas in when sugar is so much cheaper? And I start to pour sugar? If you saw me start to do it, and you loved me, you would say something. Not because you are judgmental. Not because you think you know everything. Out of a concern for me. Excuse me, sir, in the blue shirt. I don't want to tell you how to live your life. But I'm going to tell you something. If you put sugar in that tank, it's going to ruin the entire vehicle. I mean, you'll have to get a whole new engine. And then if I was from my generation, I'd cut you off. Why don't you mind your own business? I should be allowed to do whatever I want to do. You want to know what? I am allowed to do whatever I want to do. God didn't write this book. Because he wanted to strip the fun out of life and boss you. God is the author of life. And just like if I go out into that Chevy, there's an instruction booklet in there that nobody ever reads until they're broken down on the side of the road. Just like life. The manufacturer of that vehicle wrote a leather book in there to open up to see how this works to get the best performance out of it. You're free to drive it off the Grand Canyon if you'd like, but it makes a terrible airplane. But if you do it the way I tell you to do it, it'll make a great vehicle that'll last you a quarter million miles or more. And it's the same, you weren't manufactured by you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I formed you. And I didn't leave you without a book. I gave you a book that tells you how, not just to get from this life to heaven, but how to thrive in this life. You want to know why America's undergoing a revival right now? It's because the devil has overplayed his hand. I came from the generation in high school where you were mocked if you were only going to have one sexual partner. Oh, I know Jonathan. Jonathan. I was in public school. Well, we know Jonathan has different beliefs, and that's fine, and you don't have to stay for this class if you don't want because, like, it hurts my feelings. Like, my parents so brainwashed me that if I hear about sexual immorality, and I can't take it. No. I made a commitment when I was four. I mean, that's what they had to sing. The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. I stand alone on the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. And then my father, when you have godly parents, my dad would buy me a Bible, and he wrote the same thing in the front of every Bible. My son, this book will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from this book. And then he'd write me about how the entrance of God's word gives light. If you study this book, read what, read what Isaac Newton wrote about it. Read what wise men, read what Napoleon wrote about it. Napoleon wrote, the Bible is not a book. The Bible is a living power that levels every opposition in its way. Great men, and by great I mean powerful, that made up their mind they were gonna dominate a country. The first thing they had to take out was what? The Bible. Russia, China, California. Before the devil can take a place over. You gotta make one book illegal because this book, wanna tell you something about this book? I was standing on the tarmac in South Africa in a zip-up Nike suit. It was my day off. My day off is a travel day, but I'm off, you know? I just wanted to chill. I'd been preaching two four-hour meetings a day on television in a building in Africa with no heat. I lost probably 14 pounds. I was tired. So I wanted one day to chill. I wasn't looking to witness to anybody. I wasn't looking. I was looking to mind my own business. And so they bust us out on the tarmac, and we're waiting to get on a plane. And the lady that works for South, American, uh, South African Airways is standing next to me, and I guess because of how I was dressed, and I, she said, um, Man, I, this is my last plane of passengers to board, and then I'm off for three days, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And I can't wait to go out and have some fun. My girlfriend found this place, I guess because of how I was dressed, she just assumed I liked to, I don't know, she assumed wrong, drink and everything. So my girl, I don't know if you have ever been to this place in Johannesburg, but there's a place there. They have uh, for five rand, you can have two martinis and all this stuff. And she's going on, and I'm just letting her go. You know, great, en- enjoy your weekend. And then she says, uh, "What are you going out this weekend?" I said, "Not, not, uh, not really." Oh, what do you, what do you do? Are you a DJ or something? And I said, "No. I know I'm skinny and European looking, but I'm no DJ." <laughs> She said, uh, well, "What do you do for What do you do for work?" <laughs> I, I said, uh, "I'm a minister," and it's like you could just hear in the spirit. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she went like this. Oh, because now she couldn't even pretend she was serving the Lord. She's just going on. I was just quiet. She's going on. I'm going to do this. Then I'm going. So she said, well, I have a problem with God. I said, okay. Rodney Howard Brown told me years back, he said, people will yell at you as a minister, but they really wish they could yell at God, but since he's not available, they just take you instead. <laughs> and that's why Jesus said, if you're ever persecuted for my sake, I'll reward you because it's actually not you they're yelling at. They're mad at God. I have a And then, then when you let them talk, they're actually not even mad at God. They're mad at somebody who purported themselves to be related to God and is not. I have a problem with God. I said, okay, what's the problem? Well, I think that the Bible, I believe Jesus was a good person, and I believe all that, but I I think the Bible, people take it too seriously. I think it was a book, and you know, like I told you, I went to regular school. I've been around, so you just wait. The devil has like seven arguments that he convinces people on to go to hell, and you just wait for them to finish. I've heard them all many times. I think, and then I was just ready. I heard, I believe the Bible was written by Europeans to enslave black Africans. That, that's taught in Africa. That Europeans took it down as if the Bible was written in England. And took it down to keep everybody under subjection. To teach them, don't, you know, love, don't fight against the government so that we could be taken over. I said, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. And when I said, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, I actually hadn't heard that because I didn't grow up in Africa as you may have been able to tell by the discerning of spirits. (laughs) So when I said, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong, I was looking forward to hearing what I was going to say. Because I didn't have one thought in my head about why she was wrong. I said, if Europeans wrote the Bible to enslave black Africans, and especially women, she was a woman, I said, then don't you think, instead of saying in Genesis chapter 1, That God created mankind in his image? If I was one of those Europeans, I'd have made sure not to put that. I would have put God created white men in his image. And in his image and likeness created he them. I said, but that ain't what it says. It doesn't say that God created Jews in his image. It doesn't say that God created Asians in his image. He never designated one group. It says God created mankind in his image, and in his likeness created he them. I said, so it's not written to disempower you. It's written to empower you. I said, secondly, Jesus would spend time talking with a woman. And now I've switched modes. I'm on the tarmac at first. I was like this. Now that I'm talking and my volcano's beginning to erupt, I got, you know I'm like preaching her a one-person sermon. She's backing up. When I got done, she went, I never thought of it that way. I said, "Uh, you want to know what I do for a living? I said, I'm not just a minister, I'm an evangelist. That's why I'm traveling. I said, do you think it's an accident that you were standing here on the tarmac last shift of the day on your way to go to hell by your own confession and God had you stand by somebody and confuse your mind into thinking I was a DJ when I don't have any musical talent whatsoever? And you say all you said and ask me and me explain the Bible so you understand it for real. She said, you got to love Africans because they'll tell the truth. She said, you're right. I do think that was God. I said, the devil saddled you with one lie that you were going to ride all the way to hell. And it only took one person to tell you that God didn't write the Bible to control you. The devil came to control you with sin, and the Bible tells you that God created you. The devil came on the scene to destroy you, but Jesus came. Not so Europeans can have life, that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. Would you like to pray? I would. Let's pray. Hold her hand right on the tarmac in the name of Jesus. She repeats it after me, starts crying and wiping her eyes. I receive. Then, then I don't even get any, any chance to do follow-up. You know, my mother's going to church this weekend. She'd already invited me, and I told her I wasn't going to, I'm gonna go now. You know, I'm I'm thinking I'm probably not gonna go to that place I told my girlfriend I was gonna go with. You don't have to, you don't have to convict people. I said, now you tell your you don't go drinking this weekend. No. As soon as she invited Jesus in, all the stuff she had a plan for she didn't want to do anymore. The reason I started off preaching on the Holy Spirit is that's what the Holy Spirit does. If you love to drink, you're going to drink. If you love to get mad and fight, you're going to get mad and fight. But when the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you, and now when somebody invites you to drink, they might as well have said, could you please help me move? Now when you get enticed to sin, instead of there being something in your spirit that longs to do it, there's a repulsion in you that I'm not meant to live life low. I am redeemed and meant to live life on high with the most high God. And I listen, I want to tell everybody in Alaska what I told that lady on the tarmac. You're not like everybody else. You weren't created to follow the path to hell. God is calling you to be redeemed out of that life and to be used by him to shake your generation for Jesus Christ. If you receive that today, put those hands together and give Jesus Christ the mightiest hand clap of praise. Come on, make a joyful noise in Wasilla tonight. Let the devil know that you know he's defeated. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Say it so the devil can hear. Say, I'm not like everybody else. I'm not going to live like everybody else. God wrote this book. The book's not written for his help. The book is written. Timothy, godliness is profitable unto all things holding value in the life that now is and the life that is to come. This book will take any common man and set him on high in life. Can you say amen? Amen. This book, like the book in my vehicle, tells you how to get the most out of it. This book doesn't control you. This book tells how to get the V8 out of you, to have all the cylinders running, you drive from here to anchorage i basically live in alaska now you you drive you drive from here to anchorage and especially once you get to downtown anchorage you're going to see people my age oh yeah we're both 38 we're both human beings we're not different species what is the difference between him And me we're both men one never got the gospel most likely not rejected it probably never got it dad ran out mother was struggling so much with the burden grandmother whoever that nobody took him to church nobody taught him the Bible and then me have a mother and father the kind they mock on every sitcom Jonathan before we go to bed Let's read a story. Mark chapter 9. Mark 9, 14. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe. And they ran to greet him. What's all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground, and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they could not do it. Jesus said to them, Well, sometimes you have to remember God has a different plan. No. You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening, Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire, into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked. Oh, man, what a verse. If he said some things are possible to those that believe, I promise you I'd preach every night without sweating. Well, maybe you're going through a trouble. Just remember that you can call on God. and Sometimes he'll say yes, you know, and he helps. That's not what it says. Pastor uh, Pastor K, come stand up here. Pastor K is going to represent God. I'm going to represent just a common dude. And when Jesus said, Mark 9, 23, what do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. If thou canst believe, threw it back on the man, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So there's God, the Bible says in Matthew 19, 26, all things are possible with God. Everybody, Every religious, well, with God, all things are possible. But you can take it a step further. Because Jesus said, like all things are possible with me, if you will believe in me, the same work that you see me do, you shall do. For I go to the Father on your behalf. If you believe in me, you can stand on the platform with me and you can speak and I'll back your words. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. When you lay your hands on the sick, I'll lay my hands on them with you. I will give you divine partnership with me. Which just, just to save you some time, no other religion even claims to offer that. It's God's up here telling you, you better do what I say or else, or I'm going to beat you down and give me two coconuts a week, and I, or, or you're cursed. But God said, Come stand up with me. I'll put my words in your mouth. I'll put my power in your hand. I'll put my thoughts in your head. And like you see here in Mark nine twenty three, 23, everybody say partnership with God. You should see yourself as a Christian like this, that you're standing with him and his spirit is living in you. That where you were weak, now he's giving you strength. Can you say amen? Give Pastor Kirsten a good hand clap as he goes back to his seat. Say it with me. Say partnership with, God. partnership with God. That's what Christianity is. The Bible says in the book of Acts, they were first called Christians, which in the Greek means little Christs. So like, Man, these people remind me of Jesus. They do what he did. Stop seeing yourself. Pastor Kristen, I won't work you much harder, but just stand up on the stage if you would. I'm going to show you American Christianity. I need you. I'm so far away from you. Come back to me. That's not Christianity. Christianity, come stand up on the platform with me. Let's walk together. Let's speak together in prayer. I will talk to you and show you many things. And you will receive, you, you will receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, will come upon you and dwell, dwell within you. It's not you chasing him. It's not him chasing you. It's where you go, I go. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Yea, even until the end of the world, I will be And when you're feeling weak in your flesh, when you're weak, that God will pick you up. Put you on your feet. Put a word in your mouth. You don't run on your own strength anymore. You don't run on high test gasoline. You run on an engine like some kind of fusion engine that hasn't even been developed yet that never runs dry. Rivers of living water will flow out from within. But this spake of the Spirit who had not yet been given, but would be given to all who believe. If you're thankful for Christ, can you say amen? Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, I'll start at verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. By the way, this book that Paul wrote, Ephesus, this letter, uh, Ephesians, is the only letter Paul wrote to a group of Christians that contains no rebuke. So he's writing to a mature group. If you read what he wrote to the church in Corinth, there was some mess, good word. I should keep you around. You could help me. (laughs) Synonyms aren't my thing. There was a mess going on. But when he writes this, they actually call Ephesians the New Testament Joshua. Because God gives Joshua an instruction that wherever your feet will tread, you'll be on land that I've given to you. And then in Ephesians, watch how he writes. And that's who I'm preaching to. I'm preaching to people that have been in church, some of them 20 times in eight days. So whatever you were before 20 services ago, I promise you, you're not that anymore. And obviously there's a hunger in you. And I feel like people get beat down for stuff they didn't do. You know, I could stand up here and be a normal preacher. It's a shame what's going on in America. People should be ashamed. Well, yeah, a lot of people should be ashamed, but not you. I'm not looking at what's wrong with America. I'm looking at what's right with America. And whatever you were involved in before, God has his hand on you now. He's going to use you. I said God's going to use you. If you believe that, can you say a living amen? Amen. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. So pretend, now, the Bible's also written generically to who? Everybody say me. Me. So pretend that Paul wrote, I'm writing this to God's holy people in Wasilla, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Listen to verse 3. Life-changing. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. If you have a fourth-grade English education, then you know tenses, past, present, and future. Is that has blessed us? Future tense, present tense, or past tense? That's right. It doesn't say who will bless us in heaven. That's what some churches do. How many know this life is terrible, but one day we'll get to it's not what it says. And it doesn't say he is blessing us. Like we got to find a way to pull the blessings down. It says, all praise to God our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Say this out loud. Everything I need need has already been provided. provided. Once more, everything I need need has has already been provided. Lift both hands to the Lord. Open up your mouth and begin to thank him that every spiritual blessing is coming into manifestation in every area of your life. That you shall be complete, the Bible says, lacking nothing. Every hand lifted. Begin to thank him right now. Every spiritual blessing. I'm not going to lack anything. I'm going to be fully complete in my union with Christ. So announce it. Say, I am blessed. With every, With every spiritual blessing. Yeah, that's why, you can put your hands down. That's why when you, I go to meetings like that, how many of you need a blessing tonight? I can't put my hand up. I've been blessed. So now the Word, like that instruction manual, teaches me how to get the most out of that car. The Word tells me how to operate to bring those blessings into manifestation. Manifestation. I don't need anything, I just need to obey and they come into being. Say, have been blessed. blessed. Say, with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly realms, because we are one with Christ Jesus. Now, turn to verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. So if you could have the Apostle Paul pray for you, he's on TV, call 1-800-APOSTLE-PAUL and he'll pray for you. (laughs) Think about it. What would he pray? You have what he prayed for mature believers. And then anything that's written here was inspired by the Holy Ghost and you're always anointed to pray these prayers for yourself. What would Paul pray? Lord, keep him safe on the way home. Lord, just give them a healing. Listen to what he prayed. I pray I have not stopped thanking God for you and I pray for you constantly. Thanking God. Asking God the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if Paul could pray for you, here's what he'd pray. To give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. In the word of God. Light connotates revelation, revelation of God's word. Why do you think the Lord has blessed these simple meanings? There's no famous band here. There's no famous preacher here. And the crowd that comes, particularly at noon, is insane. Like a Sunday morning, like what would be triple another church's Sunday morning crowd comes in a work day. Because why? Because God's plan is for you to be flooded with light. What are the dark ages in history? The dark ages? This book was printed in Latin and kept on a chain behind the pulpit. And only a priest could take the book and then on mass they would say it in a language that nobody understood. My mother is Polish. She grew up in a Polish Catholic church. The mass was done in Polish and not even modern Polish. It was some antiquated Polish that nobody even spoke anymore. So people felt like they were getting religion. I'm sitting there. I'm sure what what that guy's saying is holy, you know, and it's like. Amen, and I like the atmosphere, and whatever. But nobody was getting this. But then, what, what brought about the Renaissance? When the Word of God started to get to the people. And you read this thing. This is not a letter from God to preachers. This is a letter from God to every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl that God wants you to know Him and how to operate in His ways. Asking God, our glorious Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray, verse 18, that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand The incredible greatness of God's power toward us who believe. Well, I mean, there's just some things we can't understand. I pray that you would begin to understand. You can start to read in the word of God all about God's power and get revelation on it. Then you can get around other people that operate in God's power and ask them, we don't understand. You know, you start talking to people. Brother so-and-so, I noticed you pray for the deaf and their ears come open. How do you do that? I asked the guy when I was 19. He said, well, you don't pray for them because all power's been given. Put your finger in their ear like Jesus did. Showed me in the Bible how Jesus ministered to the deaf. Then say in the name of Jesus, curse the deafness and command the ear to come open and the ear will come open. And then that night in the meeting he did it and I saw it. So God's power doesn't have to be some mystical thing. God doesn't want it to. That's what psychics do. That's what tarot card readers do. Everything's mystical. You're never going to hear a psychic up on a stage telling you how you can have what they have. Everything's done in a back room, witches in the woods. But the Bible is an open book that any man or woman that says, I don't want to operate on natural power. I want the power of God. God says, come, taste and see, and eat of my power. If that sounds like you, shout amen like thunder. Say, I want your power, Lord. I want your power, Lord. Say, I want, me, I want it for me, and I want it to set the captives free. The captives free. Well, Jonathan, what do you think is more important, the fruit of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit? What do you think is more important, eating or breathing? Pick one. And pretty soon you're going to find out the other one is also very important. Where in the Bible does it ever say we have to pick? Well, I'm not concerned with his power. I just want his presence. Whoever got the presence of God in the Bible and didn't get his power too? You think you can come into the presence of God and spend time there? It's not like Moses was there begging him to make his face glow. When you spend time with him, it has an effect on your body. Jesus wasn't trying to have a meeting with spirit beings when he prayed up on the mountain. He was going about his normal business, praying. And as he prayed... His face and garment were transferred into a white that's whiter than any bleaching process, the Bible says. And there appeared other people with him, and Peter got freaked out and started saying stuff. He didn't know what he was talking about. Uh, let me build you a house real quick, and uh, maybe I can get you some sandwiches down at Walmart. And Jesus said, hey, Peter, just zip it, huh? And then Jesus comes down off the mountain of transfiguration. And when the other disciples couldn't cast the devil out, Jesus comes, the demon throws itself down, Thou death, spirit of deafness and muteness that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. I adjure you to leave him and never enter him again. All the disciples couldn't do it. Jesus does it like that. The demon rends him, throws him into another seizure and leaves. And they say, oh, he's dead now. Jesus says, give him to me. And when Jesus picked him up, the boy lived and he, had, and he handed him back to his father. And then Jesus went and the disciples later said, why weren't we able to do that? Jesus said, well, you know, some things are just, Jesus said, number one, You didn't have enough faith. Number two, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. And a servant is not greater than his master. And a student is not greater than his teacher. But the student will imitate the teacher and then will become like his teacher. Can you say amen? So you can't disregard prayer and fasting and all those things and then go go to raise the dead. But if you'll spend time, what are you doing tonight? We're not here giving out free chicken, free turkeys for Thanksgiving. This meeting has packed out morning and night after morning and night for the word. Because obviously you have separated yourself from the pack that I know it's on TV. I know what I could do out there. I know it's June in Alaska, the worst time to possibly hold a meeting because everybody's at the lake. I'm glad I found the people that don't know what everybody's doing. That there is still such a hunger for God in His word. That there's people that have been in the presence of God multiple nights and say, It's not enough. I'm not done drinking. I want to keep drinking. And you want you want to know something about God? He'll never say you've been overserved no more. The Bible says you can drink and drink and drink and that fountain will never run dry. Receive that power tonight in Alaska in the name of Jesus Christ. If you receive that, take 15 more seconds. Clap those hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. You know, I went to that meeting two nights. He had them clap their hands and shout probably, no lie, 30 times. As if I wrote the book of Psalms. Like I came up with it. The Bible says, oh, clap your hands. Turn to Psalm 150 before I finish Ephesians. What do you think? I'm sitting around in my ho- house with my wife and kid. Somebody shout. Somebody Clap. I actually enjoy peace very much. But when you come into God's house, God's house isn't my house. God's house, my preferences don't matter. Well, personally, I don't like shouting. It's not your house, my friend. And God gave instruction, Psalm 150. Turn there with me. Praise the Lord! Exclamation point. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of a ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and with dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with a loud clanging cymbal. Let everything that has breath... Praise ye the Lord. That's one place. Then there's shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Then there's lift up holy hands, O ye saints. Isn't it amazing that the longest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms, which is a book of how to praise, commanding you to praise, showing you how to praise, and telling you what God once said to him. Why don't you lift your hands all over Alaska? Let's make this state different than the other 49 states. I don't know what everybody else is doing on Monday night. But God, you have a state called Alaska where the people are here to praise you and lift you up, and we thank you that you know we know as we praise you, you enter into our praise. So as we praise you, your presence comes down and blesses and fills and removes burdens and lifts heaviness in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody shout, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Everything, I promise you, everything I've asked you to do is in the Bible. Not tonight, all week. I showed you how even the baskets that we give offerings in are in the Bible. All they ever do is pass those ba- baskets. It's in the Bible. Bible says, every time you appear to me... Uh, pr- Present your first fruits in a basket and present it before the Lord. People act like you start talking about blessing. Looking up on Wikipedia. They make it sound like it was invented in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1960. This teaching that if you give, God will bless you back. Oh yeah, the world doesn't mind that you can teach to go to the casino and they'll bless you back, which they won't. And if they do, they'll give you a steak dinner and a free night stay and you lose it all the next day. Don't ask me how I know, I'm just telling you. But God didn't say that. God said, if you return to me, hallelujah. (laughs) We talk about, one thing I love about King's Chapel among many things is they take offerings right. They teach sowing and reaping. That when you sow, you reap. Did you know your money is not just a seed? Your life is a seed. Hallelujah. That everything you give out comes back. The Bible says, he that sows under the flesh, not might reap, shall reap corruption after the flesh. I'm sure it feels good to get drunk the first time. I'm sure it feels good to do drugs the first time. But everybody knows there's a harvest of decay that comes to your body with it. That's if you sow to the flesh. But he, don't miss this, but he that sows to the spirit. What are we here doing? Amen. are like... Bible chapter number six tonight. In one night. Lifting up holy hands and praising God. Not jumping and singing for some pop music star. What they do at concerts and stadiums. We're doing in here to the most high God. And when you do that, everything you do, you are sowing that into the spirit. Well, when you sow to the spirit, it doesn't give you a good feeling. And then you're going to wake up in the morning, heart tissues dead from cocaine, Kidneys are hurting, liver taking damage, brain cells dead. No. It feels good in his presence, but then there's a harvest of what you sowed that a harvest of everlasting life returns to that person after the spirit. I started saying about 35 minutes ago about that long trip down to South Texas I took to win those people to the Lord. That's not sowing after the flesh. That's sowing after the spirit. But you know what the Bible says? as I sow my life to do what God wants done, there's a harvest of life that comes back to me. I tell you, men and brethren, I feel better tonight after that long trip than I did Friday night when I left. And I felt great Friday night because as you sow to the things of the Lord, the Lord puts an inexhaustible supply of his life back to you and I want you to have an expectation this week as you have made time for God's house God is making time for your house for your marriage for your children you shall not lack in any area because when you put God first all the other things are added unto you if you receive that tonight one more time put those mighty hands together and give God a great shout of praise Go ahead, make a joyful noise. Let the devil know he's in for a bad week. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's somebody walking down the sidewalk right now going, that doesn't sound like church to me. I don't know what they're doing in there. Sound like they're drunk, to be honest. You're right. We are drunk, but what we're drinking you can't buy at the liquor store. Jose Cuervo doesn't know how to make it. Bacardi doesn't know the mix. We are drinking of a new wine that comes from heaven. The supply never runs out. It gives strength to the weak. It gives joy in place of sorrow. It gives might to the deathless. doesn't sound like church to me. (laughs) I didn't realize you were a church expert. (laughs) People leave church because it's too boring. Then get invited to come back and want it to be like the boring one they left. The church I grew up in, the guy didn't shout like that. Oh, the one you left 35 years ago? Because you were so bored. Every Sunday you'd sit in the back and tell the Lord you'll be a missionary to Africa if he'll just get you out at noon. (laughs) Then they come back and they want the same death. We serve a living God. And when you serve him, the life of that God abides in you. I said the life of that God, the Zoe life, abides in you. And when that life abides in you, you have trouble getting weak. You have trouble being defeated. You have trouble getting locked in prison. The prison doors open on their own. Because you're not walking by yourself. There is someone who lives in you called the greater one. There's someone that's fighting for you called the lamb of God. There's your father, the creator of the earth that knows your name. And you cannot be defeated. You will not give up and quit. Because he that began a good work in you is bringing it to completion. I also pray. That you will understand. Say, I will understand. understand. The incredible greatness of God's power. Well, I understand. He has all that power toward us who believe. All the great power that God has is made available to those who believe. Everybody say, "I I believe. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. And seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above. You're on Instagram. They put up a picture of Jesus arm wrestling the devil. Yeah, they put it up all the time. Jesus with a mullet. The devil with big red biceps. If you have that picture of Christianity, you're going to get thumped in the head a lot. Because the devil will be as big as you want to make him. If you think he's Jesus' evil counterpart, you're going to have a bad life. But when you understand that Jesus kicked his behind for good 2,000 years ago on the cross and took the keys from him and gave the keys to the church. Who's the church? Everybody say, I am. Say, I am. The Bible says we are all living stones in that house. The Bible says, listen to this, don't miss. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church, Christ is the head and the church is his body. Is there anybody in this building that your head is seated separately from your body? The head is connected to the body. He is the head. He has been seated high above all things. And we are connected to him because we are his body. He lives in me. I'm connected to him. Now, most work, now, I wasn't here for any worship songs. And you guys sing good songs. But I'm not picking if anybody's ever sung this song. I'm making a point. In my generation, Nine out of ten songs that are written and sung are written and sung from the standpoint of God out there somewhere and I'm here. I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. I don't. I got rescued in 1984. He lives in my heart. Oh, Lord, come back to me. He hasn't left. I'm connected. I don't tell my head to come back to my body. My head is connected to my body. So I want to ask you something. Think how your life would change. If just off of what the Bible says in Ephesians 1, every time you got the desire in your flesh to say, I need you, Lord, you instead lifted your hands and said, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live on the inside of me. I don't need you. I have you. Your spirit is working mightily in me. I thank you, Father, that that same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of me and is not, Lord, please quicken my body. Lord, I thank you that you're quickening my body now. What if you lifted your hands right now and begin to thank God out of your mouth that everything you need has been provided, every spiritual blessing has been poured out, and now I lift up my hands and begin to receive what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. I take it all. Take 15 seconds with your hands and just begin to thank him out of your mouth. Everything I need, I receive right now. I pull it down right now. It's already made available. My faith takes it right now. I take it. I don't have to beg you, bless me. Every spiritual blessing has been poured out. I take it now. I take it now. I take it now. What would happen if the next time depression tried to attack? You lifted your hands and said, I thank you, Father, that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And you started to pray from a position of strength and what's been provided instead of thinking you have to get God in a wrestling hold to release something. That it's all been provided. Bishop G.E. Patterson that went to heaven a few years ago from the Church of God in Christ, he used to sing a song all the time. What more could he do? What more could he do? laid the foundation and opened up the way. What more could he do? He doesn't have to. He is seated at the right hand of God. And that Bible tells me that he's made full provision for everything that pertains for my life and godliness. I don't have to beg him. I can just lift my hands and say, I receive everything that Jesus paid for that I might have life and have it more abundantly. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3, verse 14. When I think of all this, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father. Here's another spirit anointed prayer. The creator of everything in heaven and earth, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources. Everybody say, "Glorious." glorious, unlimited resources. He will empower you. Well, if Paul prayed it and the Holy Spirit compelled him to write it, then it's a prayer you can pray anytime that'll never grow old. Lift both hands where you're at. Say, Father, Father, from your glorious, glorious, unlimited resources, resources, empower me. me. Charge my battery battery. In in Jesus' name. With inner strength, through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have, listen to this, may you have power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all fullness. Listen to this. Then, then, now, not in heaven, you will be made complete. Everybody say, made complete. Made complete. Say, I'm not recovering. I'm, not recovered. I'm, recovered. I'm recovered. Say, I'm not a sinner. I'm, not a sinner. I'm saved. I'm, saved. I'm, a new I'm a new creature. The old life is dead. The old life is dead. All, things new. all things become new. Say, I receive. All things, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now listen, that you may be complete with all fullness of life and power that comes from God. Imagine how your prayer time will change privately. If like, God, God, I need help. I don't know how I'm going to make it through the week. And those feelings come to all of us. But you don't say what you feel. You say what the Bible says. You don't, any dummy can say, and we live in a generation that is ruled by feelings. They can't even give the weather report on your phone without telling what it feels like. It's going to be 67 tomorrow, but it'll feel like 65. Says who? What do they do? Ask an emotionally disturbed teenager? Hey, go outside. What do you think it feels like? 65. Okay, feels like 65. We live in a generation that all they do, I feel sad. I feel lonely. Sometimes I just don't feel like going to church. Sometimes I feel tired. Who cares how you feel? concentrate on what the Bible says and begin to speak that instead. Because when you speak the things of the flesh, it connotates weakness. But when you speak the things that are of the word of God, an unlimited wellspring of power wells up in you. So I started to say, what would happen if instead of in your prayer time saying how you feel? Father, I'm just so discouraged. You know, a lot of people's prayer time is just dear father as one bun, in Jesus' name as the other bun, and then a sandwich of complaints. Dear Father, I'm so tired today. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I can't stand my boss, and I really need a new car. This one is a piece of garbage. In Jesus' name, amen. That's not prayer. Prayer's not a complaint with a religious phrase at the beginning and end. Paul said that you pray like this. What if you started to say, when you didn't feel like it, I thank you, Father, that I have been made. When you feel weak. When you feel discouraged, instead you lift your hands and say, I thank you, Father, that I have been made complete with fullness of life and power that comes from God. I thank you that I can do all things because you're infusing strength into my inner being. I'm going to tell you something right now. There were people two Saturdays ago in this crowd that you were, in fact, I know one in particular that actually was going to die. And there's several of you, you were up against something that that thing was designed, tailor made by the devil to take you out. And these meetings have begun that strength in you. And I have good news. He that began a good work, as good as you think this is, God's not finished with you yet. I was going to say, I don't care if you're 77, but I'll go, I'll go past that. How old did you say you were on Friday? Your age? Oh, I'll be 94 on the 4th of July. So I'm gonna tell you, even if you're gonna be 94 on the 4th of July, God's not through blessing you. Your best days with God are never behind you. Your best days are yet to come. I'm gonna tell every person this right now. There were people that two Saturdays back, you were up against something. You felt like there was no way forward. And the truth is, in your own strength, there was no way forward. But God has destroyed that barrier. And now God has empowered you. Listen, and not only are you going to make it, you're going to increase in strength. This will be the weakest that you ever are from this day forward. You go from glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength. that you might be complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Then it gets better. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Don't miss that. Because people think revival is God doing it. Well, God just send, just blow through. God's not going to blow through anywhere. He blows through me. And he blows through you. You are his vessel. Notice what it says in 320. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. How does he accomplish it? Through his mighty power. Well yeah, through his mighty power. So Lord do it by your power. No, finish the sentence. He does it by his mighty power that's where? Within us. God looks for a vessel to flow through. The river doesn't flow to Alaska from heaven. The river has to get put in you and then flow from you. That's why the devil loves when religion makes it that God's going to do something from, up. oh Lord, send revival, move. As if the Holy Spirit has a twin brother named Revival that's being caged in heaven until we pray him out. Oh, Lord, send another Pentecost. Actually, the first one is fine. All you have to do is take that power. See, this is the message the devil hates because the other one keeps you waiting on God to do things that he already did. But when you realize that now, it's on me. Everybody say, it's on me. And actually, God lets you write your own ticket. If you're a little hungry, you can have a little. If you're medium hungry, you can have a medium. Do you ever go to an all-you-can-eat buffet? Don't go with me. Those places make money on me. Um, I'll take some rice. I'll take a chicken leg. And I'll take two other things. And then go sit down. Have you ever taken somebody to? I was staying at a hotel overseas. And the buffet was like very costly, even for American money. Because it was geared to European travelers and all that. So I took these two guys from that church. That it was in a very poor area, and I knew they were hungry. And they were big guys. They, you know, they were built like Pastor Daniel. But you could, you know, there's a poor area. So they, the, the pastor told me the average guy in his church eats every two days, <coughs> every other day. So I knew if I paid for that buffet, sixty bucks a man. You know, they were going to make probably fifty-five bucks on me. But I had a feeling if I brought those two guys. I would rather pay 180 and make the place lose 500 bucks <laughs> than pay 60 and know they got over on me. So I said to those two ushers, "Would you guys like to come eat with me at the hotel?" And they did a typical Christian humble. No, I gotta. I said, "Come to the, come and eat with me at the restaurant." And when I paid, I said, "Now listen, 60 bucks, all you can eat. Don't be polite. I brought you here because I can't eat sufficiently, but I know you can." I said, eat all you can. Eat till you have trouble moving. And they looked at me like this and nodded their head. And then those guys started eating. There was a difference between a full American coming there and picking. I don't really like that. I don't. And guys that hadn't had anything to eat in about 36 hours that were still working 10-hour days on job sites. They didn't pick. They ate and ate and ate. You know when you go to a buffet and eventually the manager comes out with a hand on his hip? And he's doing mental calculations? You're eating a lot. And I'm going to tell you something when it comes to God. The Bible says he prepares a table before us. The Bible says he made a banquet and said, send for them and tell them all things are ready. All the blessings are sitting there in unlimited bowls. And you can go there and pick like they train you to do in America. I'll take a little healing. I don't think you have to go overboard on it when it's our time, amen. And I'll take a a little blessing. You know, you need a car to get to work, but I don't think you have to go crazy about it. Or you can approach that word like it's a buffet and you're a hungry man that hasn't eaten in three days. And you don't come and pick. I'll take some healing, a little righteousness. You want everything. I want righteousness. I want peace. I want joy in the Holy Ghost. I want a double portion of healing. I want long life. I want overflowing blessing. I want the gifts of the Spirit. I want the best of the gifts of the Spirit flowing mightily through me. I want everything that Jesus died that I can receive. I know that's what brought you here tonight. And God, listen to me, God will fill every hungry heart. God will satisfy every thirsty so the hunger and thirst that brought you to this meeting let it propel you the rest of this week that when I get to Friday night I'm going to have a face and shirt covered with the blessings of God. I don't want a little bit. I don't want enough to get to heaven. I want an overflow of that unlimited power to shake my generation for Jesus Christ. If that sounds like you, put those hands together one more time and give God the mightiest shout of praise. Come on, make a joyful noise. Let God know you want it all. I want it all. I want it all. Turn to Acts chapter 4. And basically that's the difference in Christians. You have people that walk by the buffet that God set out and say, do you really need to be water baptized? Is it necessary to speak with tongues? And you know, do you need that to go to heaven? Can I go to heaven without speaking in tongues? You know, you ask all the, what's the minimum I can eat and survive? Wow. That's why you can go to about any church and say how many of you need prayer and every hand shoots up. Because they went about it wrong. <laughs> they want one pastor who eats a lot and eat extra for me and I need help. But God wants everybody to pull up a chair to that buffet with a serving spoon and take all you can. I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ the way you looked at 7pm will be nothing like the way you look when you go home at 10. You are going home tonight able to say I have eaten of the heavenly banquet. I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and you'll never you will never ever, ever be the same. And if you're somebody that rightfully, you say, I have been eaten, I do want everything. Good, you're like me. But he will perfect that which remains because there's always another level in God. And you're going to another level tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. This will be the last thing I read Then I'm going to show you something on the screen and we'll pray. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and sky and everything in them. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit. Through our ancestor David, your servant, saying... Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with feudal plans? <coughs> the kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor, the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Well, I just pray, I just long to see the day again when signs and wonders will flow. You know all you have to do to see them flow? Do what they didn't ask for. Father, Father, With where we're at, let your signs and wonders flow. Stretch forth your hand through me to heal the sick. Give me great boldness. Because however good you think you are, there's always further to go. Rodney Howard Brown came up to me in a meeting, called me out of the meeting. And he said, Jonathan, now you've heard me preach. Some of you for going on two weeks now and weeks before that. Nobody considers me timid. Dr. Rodney called me out and gave me this word from the Lord. Some say that you're bold. But I'm going to pray that the Lord gives you even more boldness. And he put his hands on my head and said, give him more boldness, Lord. Give him more boldness. Because the tendency is to back off. I probably preached a little strong tonight. I saw a couple people leave earlier. No. You don't need to back it up. You need to turn up the heat. And can I tell you one thing? Every person in the sound of my voice that over the last nine days, eight days, has had somebody say something to you like, when I think you do this too much, talking about Bible stuff, I don't think you need to give all that. I don't think you need to go to church that much. You want to know how when your fire is starting to burn? Is when other Christians feel the need to come out and tell you to be lukewarm like us. When they have started to notice this week that you're not the same, Lukewarm people get convicted when they see somebody on fire. And most, listen, most of them, instead of joining them, they try to back you back down to their level. But I challenge every person here tonight, as you have started to burn brightly for God, don't you ever take one step back. This is not the end. This is only the beginning. And from today, you go hotter and hotter in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on, if that sounds like you, shout amen like thunder. You know, I believe in God, too. I don't think you have to go to church three times a day. You know, it's not... Verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook. I don't believe in people shaking. What are you going to do when the building shakes? Have deacons talked to the building? Excuse me, building. We don't really believe in that here. The Bible says that when they had, listen to this. The Bible says, ask for rain in the time of rain. And I will send bright clouds to pour down upon you. When they asked for God's power, they weren't there for 30 days. They were there one day. And the building shook. And then what happened? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I thought they just got filled in Acts chapter 2. There's always another level. What you received last week, get more. Because we're in the final hour of time. You don't try to coast on the least you can have. You don't take an acceptable amount. You allow that power to so overfill you. Now, you read stories of great men in church history, both in the book of Acts and in modern church history. They asked Charles Finney in upstate New York to take a tour of a factory because the factory owner was at the meetings and wanted him to see his factory. He's not preaching. He's not witnessing. He's not singing. He's in a suit being toward the factory. And as he walks through the factory, all the men stop working. And get down on their knees and begin to cry. And they say, when he says, what are you doing? When you walked in, I just felt convicted of the way that I'm living. And they start crying out to God. You know, that's not happened to me yet. But you know what it tells you? It tells you where you can go. So that way when you fly to Laredo and have a few hundred people give their life to the Lord, you don't think, well, I'm on top. No, there can actually come the day where you walk into a Starbucks. And they say, I, I don't know why I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm not normally doing this. And the anointing come upon her. That you can carry such an overflow. Now you think of this. I took all this time, too much time to preach on it. Because people are so used to the other way. Not having enough. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to make it another week. Brother Jonathan, if you knew the situation in my home, I'm the only one there that serves the Lord. Well, I want to tell you something. It's not just you serving the Lord. Because the Lord said, where you go, I'll go. And listen. One with God. Is a majority. Darkness doesn't drive out light. Light drives out darkness. Lift both hands all over this place. Everything that represents darkness in and around your life, it will not survive tonight's meeting. It is destroyed, and wherever your foot shall tread, you will be on land that God has already given to you. So rejoice and be glad. For the Lord has given you the victory. How things work for other people is not going to be how it works for you. You're not like everybody else. Your life's not going to look like everybody else's. You are going to walk and manifest the power of God to your generation. With those hands lifted, just begin to thank God out of your mouth that it's so. Begin to thank Him out of your mouth. You're not going backwards. You'll never know another day of retreat. You're going to walk in the power of God. Go ahead, if you're filled with the Spirit, begin to pray in the Spirit. Shemando Rashtekitiya. Brondo Ramandiaka. Brindiamasto. Kendiamanda. Shomondo Rapatiya. Hama. I was just trying to encourage you, but I feel my own spirit being stirred up. Peni anama Icandiana Hallelujah. I'm telling you the tide has turned. In America, in Alaska, we are enjoying the fruit of decades of prayer. This is the hour of the moving of God's spirit. Peter and John were called in and harshly rebuked. We order you to teach and preach no more in the name of Jesus. What did they do? Go back to the other apostles. Hey, listen, guys, we just got a pretty thorough, you know, we were getting threatened with jail time, actually. And so they let us go. But we we need to agree. You know, we got to use wisdom. You can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. I don't know. We were trying to catch flies. So, you know, we just need to back off saying the name of Jesus in public and stuff because it's a very, you know, it's a triggering word for a lot of people. No, what did they do? What did they do? They came back and said, they want us to be less bold. Let's pray that the Holy Ghost gives us an overflow of the thing the devil wants us to lay down. And I'm going to tell you something. I've never preached this before in my life. It just came to my spirit when we were all praying in the spirit together. But the devil's weapon, all of the devil's assaults against the church have the same aim. To get Christians and ministers to back off. Well, I believe in the Holy Spirit, you know, but we just don't, we don't mention it uh, from the pulpit much because there's a lot of people, you know, there's been a lot of things that have been done through the years um, that have confused people. And so we just don't, okay, so you back off. And you got yourself sold some little reason why you back off. But Peter and John didn't back off. They said, they told us not to speak in the name of Jesus. Father, give us, not boldness. Give us great boldness. The devil is asking us to take a step backward. Empower us to run forward. And what did God say? Take it easy, guys. No. When the Lord heard their prayer... They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and the building shook. There's going to be a shaking this week. A major shaking. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But the things that are rooted in the eternal cannot be shaken. Can you say amen? Can you say a better amen? You're not going down with the ship. They tried to back the church down. And God has actually in this country done the exact opposite. He's on fire. I'm on fire. I could run through a list of about 40 ministers, even older ones, that were like getting ready to like wind down, that have got like a second, she's on fire, that little baby. That baby is forever a Pentecostal baby now. She'll never be a good Baptist baby, just yelling. Woo! Do it more. Yelling babies don't bother me. Snoring saints bother me. (laughs) The devil tried to back the church down. And I'll just throw this in while I'm at it. Even this month, it's called Gay Pride Month. You want to know what I'll tell you? Even sinners are sick of this month. I'm on social media. There's other gays and lesbians saying, okay, enough with this month. Enough with the parades. They're sick of it. The devil overplayed his head. Yeah. Amen. They're throwing a straight pride parade in Boston. Not, not, not Christians. Just people that are sick of a month for celebrating. Who cares who you have sex with? That's the attitude of unsafe people. And I say, all right, we don't want to hear it. You can actually see the tide." Were the wickedness that the devil meant to set in on this nation and it be a permanent thing, it has already been uprooted and is going out to the Pacific Ocean, out to the Atlantic Ocean. It can go somewhere else, but it can't stay here. America shall be saved. From Boston, Massachusetts to Maui, Hawaii. From Wasilla, Alaska down to Laredo, Texas, this generation shall not be destroyed. This generation shall be saved. Jump up on your feet, everybody, and let God know that you're on his side. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. God's not, God's not finished with America. Somebody say, America shall be saved. America shall be saved. Say, from Boston, Massachusetts, from Boston, Massachusetts to Hana, Maui. from Wasilla, Alaska Alaska. down to Laredo, Texas and there's people online right now saying yeah but what about Nome? Nobody's ever invited me to preach there so I'm saying Wasilla (laughs) Amen I'm sticking with Wasilla because I haven't been to many places where people go to church for 16 times in a week and then you come back Monday at noon and it's like a Sunday morning. Do you think you can commit to, like you have to the house of God? That's right, baby. Keep going, baby. Don't let them ever stop you, baby. That's, a, that's actually spiritual. The Bible says out of the mouth of babes they will give praise. Hallelujah. You get your kids in these meetings. You get your own rear end in these meetings. The person that tells you, can you have them say a prayer for me? You tell them to get their rear end in these meetings. This is essentially Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. These are four days. That's right. You got it. Amen. Great word. These are four days. Where the devil isn't gonna know what hit him. Where when you wake up Saturday morning and your two feet hit the ground, somebody in hell is gonna go, uh-oh, she's awake. That Saturday, the demon of depression that's been assigned to your life for 15 years is gonna report back to his master and say, i failed. And the devil, and the devil's gonna say, You get back there. I say, I can't. I can't handle what she has. She used to be easy prey, but now there's a fire on the inside of her. And I don't know what to do with that. Why don't we pray tonight for what the early church prayed for. Lift both hands and close both eyes. Say, Father, Father, I worship you. Thank you for your word. I ask you you for more boldness. boldness. I ask you you for more power, more More boldness, more power power. to set the captives free, to To destroy the work of the devil. devil. Make my tongue a sword sword. that when I speak, it does damage to the kingdom of the devil. Fill my heart with faith. Heart with faith As, I hear As I hear your word this week, let my faith grow, my faith grow. And, grow. and grow and overflow. overflow. Wherever my, Where my feet tread, I take ground for you. I take ground for you. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. One more time with your hands lifted, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost for about 30 seconds. If you're not yet filled with the Holy Spirit, just begin to thank him in English. I'm going to join you. Let's do what they did. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, you sound good. God's not finished with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are still to come. You're not going to die. You're going to live. You're not going to be defeated. You're going to win one victory after another. You're not going to be weak. You're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Keep praying. Pray. Pray. Pray in the spirit. Pray in your understanding. Stir yourself. Brindiana de boto. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at, Father. I want to press in. I want an extra helping. I want more than enough. I want an overflow of power. I want to carry your glory. In Jesus' name we've prayed. And everybody said amen. amen. This lady uh, right here, right here with the peach on. Come right around. And... This lady with the blonde hair and the brunette next to you. You both can come. In Jesus' name. Just line straight across the front. Power of God's all over all three of you. Lift your hands to the Lord. Come stand beside your friend there. You can stand up. I won't push you down. Lift both hands, close both eyes. On the outside, you don't look like you have any problems, but I tell you you're totally set free from whatever the enemy was harassing you with. It's broken. And now your joy will begin to spring up from your spirit. And as the joy of the Lord is your strength, that joy will strengthen you from the inside out. Gonna be the best year you've ever had. Just to stick it to the devil. These last six months of this, year, of this year called 2019, if the enemy had his way, you'd be sitting in a room by yourself crying on a daily basis. But now you'll laugh in his face. In Jesus, there it is. Put this hand on your belly. Lift the other one to the Lord. It's almost like if it was a tree, like the root of sadness and sorrow is torn out of you right now. There Take the whole thing. There it is. In Jesus' mighty name. What you prayed for another, the Lord makes it happen for you as well. In Jesus' mighty name. Bow your head and close your eyes all over the place. Beginning tomorrow Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Got eight, eight meetings left. I'm going to cover the nine gifts of the Spirit in those eight meetings, and uh, tongues and interpretation you can do in one. So I won't miss any. Because noon, I'm not going to have like morning meetings and night meetings. I mean, I'll, I'll still stay within the hour time frame, so everybody doesn't get fired from their jobs. But the noon meeting is going to just pick up like where this one left off. And so do everything you can to get here. If your boss won't let you come, file a religious discrimination lawsuit. You can even write one up in crayon and it'll scare them into letting you come. This week is a holy week set apart to God. This lady that's right in front of me, you don't even have to come out of your seat. Just stand up straight lift both hands to the Lord. As you do, the power of God comes upon you right now. In 17 years of preaching, you never heard me say anything like this anywhere. But it's almost like the enemy tried to block your ears tonight. From being able to receive this word because he knew if it penetrated down into your spirit, he'd lose his hold on you for good, but he failed in his assignment. The word of God has taken root into your spirit, and now you are free. Free at last, free forever. In Jesus' name. This lady in the pink jacket and scarf, earrings, yeah. meet me right under the aisle if you would. You're not from Alaska originally. Where are you from? I came from Maui, Maui. You know how I knew it wasn't a word of knowledge. I've never seen anybody from Alaska wear a jacket if it was, uh, <laughs> if it was warmer than 20 degrees. <laughs> Lift both hands. Close both eyes. The fire, of God. What you came to this meeting seeking? <laughs> I know you already pray. But I tell you, the Lord's going to fill you with his spirit. It'll be, I know you already pray a lot, so you're going to go from a lot to too much. And and I'll tell you one more thing. You can't pray dead, so the Lord's going to heal your body and extend your life. And your prayers, let me tell you this. Your prayers, it'll almost be like as fast as you put something on your list to pray for, you'll have to cross it out. You won't have to pray for things for like three months. It'll be like the day you pray, it'll happen. Lift both hands, close both eyes. I know you serve the Lord. Put one hand on your belly. Whatever affected you from before you gave your life to the Lord, God's going to give you a brand new Uh, liver, pancreas, and kidneys. How's that? In Jesus' mighty name. You know, sometimes they write online when they watch a service like this. He pays those people to do that. Where where do you find the people? I'll pretend to fall under the power for cash.com. To Rachel? Very good. You should be here tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to tell you, every woman in the sound of my voice, that it's like you're the only one holding the spiritual rope for your whole family, believing for your children. And like nobody in the whole rest of the house would care if everybody went to hell, but you care. I won't single you out, so just every woman lift your hands. And every woman that falls in that category that I just said, the Lord, Lord's going to help you. Lord's going to strengthen you. The Lord will uphold you with His strong right hand. Amen. This lady in the like tiger print with the black sweater, come right out. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. Everywhere you're weak. You know, I'll give you a verse where the Bible says, be not weary in well-doing. As you've become weary in doing what you're supposed to do, the Lord now strengthens you. For you have fought well in the Lord's battles. There it is. In Jesus' name. Go right into you. More. 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 Filled in Jesus' mighty name more I lose the fire right in there there it is, take it just take it because I don't want your spine to break in half the wrong way this lady, the bum on, on the top of your head just meet me out back there Hey, my little co-preacher. Good, good job tonight. Lift both hands, close both eyes. As you do, the power of God falls upon you. I see the hand of the Lord on your life for ministry, in like a helps gift role. And then, as you're faithful in that, the Lord will up it to teaching and more. And then, everything about the ministry that kind of wears you out, or just God's gonna remove the annoyances and increase your anointing. Where it'll be fun to do the work of the Lord. Feel in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Come right out. Did I meet you in Hawaii or just here? Nice to meet you. Come right up. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Did I prophesy to you last week? Did I tell you the Lord was gonna use you? Okay, well just ditto this week. Lift both hands, close both eyes. That's a difference. You know, a lot of people get touched in the meetings, but what the Lord's pouring out on you right now is like a mantle for the ministry to deliver other people where it's like too much power. Would you mind if I prayed for you? So glad you came tonight. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Today will mark a turning point in your life forever. June, uh, what's today, the 10th? June 10th will be like a new birthday. Out with the old, in with the new. Put one hand on your belly and put the other one where your heart and lungs are. Don't fall over you. You look very healthy to look at you. I know in my spirit, you take care of yourself and watch what you eat and all that. But whatever you picked up years ago, That you need the Lord to do a miracle for you. Actually, several miracles. On the inside, he does all of them right now. In Jesus' name. Including a new bloodstream and new organs. In Jesus' name. You know her? There's your miracle. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Your health won't be a struggle anymore. Glory. You're healed.
1: Glory.
0: In Jesus' name. Amen. Here, if you would, just come straight up here. No, no him. Not the, I'm not discriminating. I'm, <laughs> with both hands, closed both eyes. This will be like a new beginning for you. Where the call that God put on your life and it seemed like the doors didn't open right. They're gonna come open now, and you won't miss a thing. And whatever enemy, uh, invisible enemy, was assigned to discourage you, I've come to encourage you. You will do well. You will oh, fulfill the God. plan of God. Oh, mind if I pray for you? Good. Because at this point, it's been nine days. You should not come if you don't want me to pray for you. (laughs) Shouldn't be a surprise. Come right up. Lift both hands. Close both eyes. Keep your right hand up. Put your left hand on your belly. Just give me a little space. You're doing good, but I work alone. In Jesus' name. Hmm. I haven't preached one thing tonight that you didn't know already. The Lord says you've done well. You're a praying woman. Absolutely. And now God restores your body. But you're going to have the most fun from now till when you go to heaven. That's right. <laughs> Laughing prematurely. That's the Lord storing up what's going to happen. died and your son brought you back to life. Through pray, prayed you back. He wanted you back. And you came back. Yeah, so he died May 7th, When did he pray you back? When, when did he pray you back? Oh, 90s? Yeah, yeah, about two.
1: I think it's two months ago. Oh, just recently. Oh, yeah. And guess what? He said, I can't live here alone without you because he has this cancer on his throat. So, the next thing he said, you popped up over here. He said, You're smiling. And he said, Where am I? And he said, You're here now and you're not leaving. So he, kissed he prayed me you out. back.
0: What's your son's name? Introduce us when we get to heaven. Introduce me to your son when we get to heaven. I love you. I'm glad you're around. Don't leave this week either. Lift your hands one more time all around the room. Praise God. Look, I'm sorry I preached longer than the last couple of services, but it's not my fault. The sun I'm not from here. It throws me off. I don't have a watch. I go by shadows and it's not cooperating. Would you mind if I prayed for you with the red hair and sunglasses? Come right out. Power of God's all over you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, there's like people appearing from under the seats. <laughs> Lift both hands, close both eyes. Keep your right hand up, put your left hand on your belly. And then you actually, you can take the other one and put it where your heart, lungs, and chest are as well. The Lord touches you right now. Hallelujah. There it is. More. It's a free gift. And And everything that needs restored, the Lord does it right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lift your other hand up to the Lord. Same thing that just touched her, does the same thing for you. Complete restoration. In Jesus' name going to have a great year. It's a fact. Amen. I know you thought you were safe sitting back here. <laughs> but I'm a traveling evangelist. You don't stay in one spot too long. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here tonight... I want you to ask yourself the most important question there is to ask. I mean, pretend like it's just me and you at a cafe. Do you, like the lady on the tarmac in South Africa. Well, there are, you know, the reason I preach to crowds is because then you can get the most people at once. But if it was just me and you, I'd tell you the same thing. You need to be born again. And like that lady on the tarmac in South Africa, maybe the devil put one person in your life that saddled you with some lie about the Bible or church or God or got one one fake Christian in your path well if that's what a Christian's like then that's not what a Christian's like you follow Christ my dad and his three brothers are all preachers if they all backslid tonight I would still serve the Lord I'm following Christ with them but my eyes are on Jesus people will fail you but Jesus will never fail you You know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. The meanest person in your family was the person that went to church. And so you thought, if that's what a Christian's like, they're not, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Jesus stood up in the temple to speak, and a man cried out that was full of a demon. You know what that lets you know? Not everybody that goes to church is a Christian. There's demon-possessed people in church. Whatever lie the devil used to knock you off the path of life, like that lady on the tarmac in South Africa, I want to be used tonight to bring you back on the path of life. I'm not calling you to follow religious people. I'm calling you to follow Jesus. Because the bottom line, with whatever your university professor told you, your high school teacher, whatever, whatever they mockingly said, the bottom line is the tomb is empty. Jesus rose from the dead. And just as he went, he's coming back again. And all the signs, listen, All the signs that he said, when you see these things take place, you'll know my return is near. And even at the door, they're here now. If there was ever a good night to get saved, it would be on this beautiful, beautiful Alaska evening where for the rest of your life, June 10th will become your new birthday. That's the day I got born again. That's the day I said goodbye to sin, and that's the day I got right with Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight and you say, Jonathan, that's me. I'm not living a holy life. I allowed myself to get sucked into the world's way of living, but I'm not going to stay that way. I'm coming out, and I'm going to serve the Lord, and I'm doing it tonight. Wherever you are, I want you to put your hand up high and wave it at me, and we're going to pray in Jesus' name. I see your hand. I see your hand. Keep them up. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see you. I see you guys. That's good. I was four when I did it, so you're plenty old. Very quickly... Everybody that lifted a hand and meant business with God. Jesus said in Luke 12, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my... That's why we do it publicly. If you can't stand for Jesus in a church, you ain't going to do much in the world. So you take a boldness right from the beginning. I don't care what the crowd thinks. Because this crowd's for you anyway. And anyone that's not for you, I'd throw them out. I'm for you. Jesus is for you. Can you say amen? amen? Everyone that lifted a hand and meant business with God, quickly step out of your seat and join me at the front. We're going to pray right now. Come right now. Go ahead and clap for them. Everybody that lifted a hand, come now. Come right to the front. There's room for you, but you got to come. Hallelujah. Keep coming. Keep clapping. Anyone else? The Lord's wrestling with your heart. You can come now. Amen. Good job, girls. Anybody else before we pray? Amen. Night keeps getting better. Come right, to, come right as close as you can. God bless you. Well, I'm not shutting down. People are still coming. Anybody else? If you're smoking weed out in the bushes and you can hear me, You can come. Amen. I don't think that was you, but I remember you. Nice to see you. Well, I'm a happy man. Lift both hands to the Lord. And I'll give you the words to say to pray, but make them your own words and say them from your heart to God. It's not like a recital at school. Make it your prayer to God. Say it from the bottom of your heart and say it nice and light. La- well, you don't have to tell people in Alaska that. Say, dear Heavenly Father, dear Heavenly Father I've come forward tonight, I've come forward tonight to, give you my life. to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Of all my sins. Wash, me in your blood. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords, and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your power. Where I was weak, make me strong. In Jesus' name. Now declare this, I am saved. My sins, are all forgiven. my
1: sins are all forgiven.
0: God is my Father. God is my father. Heaven is my home.
1: I'll, is my home.
0: Never I'll never turn back.
1: In Jesus' name.
0: In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Lift both your hands to the Lord. I know you're young, but God doesn't care. God will fill your heart with his power as soon as you're ready. Close both eyes. you know her? Oh, you guys are great. Nice to meet you. Lift your other hand to the Lord. I wanna bless you. I bless you in Jesus' name. Anything that's happened in your life up till this point that the devil meant to like mess things up, God restores everything now. And any, any pain you have on the inside, like emotional pain, the Lord takes it out and replaces it with peace.
1: There
0: it is. That's it. You got it. You'll never be the same. Just catch yourself smiling and laughing. So you three are all together. I got the same word for all three of you. When I, I prayed for you earlier and then the same with them. Just all three of you lift your hands as a family unit. I know in my spirit, and I never met you, and I don't, I'm pretty sure I've never spoken to you, but I know there was one event that took place That the enemy meant for that to be like, just knock you back for the rest of your life. But the Lord has dealt with that thing on the inside now. And it won't affect you anymore. Even when you think about it, you'll be able to think about it with total peace. And God will bring peace in the midst of sorrow and joy in the midst of mourning. So I'll pray for you one more time. And I'll tell you this, I don't know that this has been said to all three of you, but whatever th- ones of the three that it has been said to, when people say, well, that's something you'll, you'll have to battle your whole life, or that's something you'll struggle with all your life, or that's something that'll haunt you all your life, that will not be true for you three. Because today the Lord gives you the victory over it. In Jesus' name. And I love you very much, and the Lord loves you even more. Anyway, welcome to the family of God. (laughs) Nothing wrong with dancing. Welcome to the family of God. Your sins are all forgiven. And let me give you an instruction. This church is not a place that has a revival meeting for two weeks and then shuts down for 50 weeks. This church was in revival before I got here. And it'll be in revival after I leave because that's how they roll. So I, I want to challenge you to never miss a Sunday. There's probably about 26 or so left this year. should go 26 for 26. Rearrange your schedule. Don't let anything bring you out of church. And then if you don't have a home church, make this your home church. If you have a different church that you normally go to, let them know that you now have a new church and you can come here. God bless you. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Your sins are all forgiven. Before you go, one more. Your Lift your other hand to the Lord. As quickly as that attack from the enemy came, it leaves. The devil tried to lie to you and be like that'd be something you had to deal with your whole life. No, you won't have to deal with it for ten more minutes. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Very proud of you. You're on your way to heaven. Hey, do this. Very simple. Every time you get an offer to do something and on the inside you know it's wrong, don't do it. Then every time you feel the Lord speak to you to do something and you know you should, do it. And you'll have like a really cool life. I love you. Give your new brothers and sisters a great hand clap as they go back to their seats. Come on, give them a big, big welcome. Hallelujah. Hey, uh, Jay, wherever you are, my nephew, if you can hear me, bring me that uh, game system. I'm going to tell you a cool story and then I'm going to dismiss you. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to lay hands on everybody. I don't know if I said that this morning or not because I hadn't slept in two days. I don't know anything I said this morning, I was just in autopilot. (laughs) But tomorrow, we're going to launch out into that spiritual gifts. And tomorrow morning, and I'm not saying this like to drown. I mean, the crowds have been like, not a problem. But I'm telling you, tomorrow morning is a can't miss because I'm going to get into the introduction of the gifts of the Spirit and then lay hands on everybody that wants hands laid on them in that hour. So we start promptly at 12.05. They do music and stuff leading up to that, but we'll start right at 12.05, and we're done at 1. And uh, and then 7 o'clock tomorrow (laughs) night. And so think of it. You think, man, two weeks, but we're already down to four days. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then you never have to see me again. But for these four days, see me. Because I came back for a second week not out of boredom. The Lord is going to build on what he started. Can you say amen? Before, Before my nephew comes up to me, my friend with the blonde hair, come right out real quick. God bless you. You were here this morning, and I told you I'd pray for you tonight. Okay. The Lord reminded me because I forgot. Lift your right hand to the Lord. Put your left hand on your belly. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. That's it. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Be whole. And I join my faith with you for whatever you believe in God for. More lady, and I'll get out of here most likely. This lady in the blonde hair, black uh, shawl, and like magenta. Lift both hands, close both eyes. The power of God touches you here, and then it shoots out to everybody connected to you by blood that you've been believing for to be saved. And to, there it is. Now it's already done. So now you can just rejoice. Jesus' name. I said, no, I said one more, lady. Just give me one more. You mind if I pray for you? Come right out. I don't pray for people just because they have bandanas on, but I pray for people when they have faith, and you have faith, and you've had reason to not have faith, and because you persevered, the Lord's going to honor your faith tonight. Put one hand on your chest and lift the other hand up to the Lord. Every unclean cell that remains in your body I curse it in Jesus' name. And then actually it's going to hit you stronger on the second part of the prayer. Every chemical that remains in your system from treatment that's been just making you feel off and think off, under your breath to the Lord, like, Lord, I need you to help me tonight. Okay, the Lord heard you say that in the car, and here's your help. Uh, Thank
1: you, Lord. And I'll tell you this,
0: anybody can see the bandana and the need, but just like Rosalani in Maui, anything the treatment affected with your auditory nerve. In Jesus' name, your hearing comes all the way back now, as a sign that the rest of the team. Open,
1: open, it. <laughs> yeah.
0: right. That's it. Thank you. All through your bones. Up in the barrel book. Welcome back to the land of the living. has my nephew John marked me and left me oh he's like come on yeah. deserted me on the missions trip thanks I want to tell you a cool story and then we'll receive the offering on my way remember I like bolted out of here on Friday because I had to catch my, the plane this lady in the blonde hair with the black uh, shawl it's like black shawl night tonight lift both hands First 100 parishioners get a free black shawl courtesy of Casey. (laughs) Come right out. Now, same as I told that other lady. Lift both hands. As you had faith for another, now everything that pertains to you comes your way. And I mean now. The waiting is over. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Anyway, what I was saying before, that lady in the black shawl interrupted me. (laughs) So anyway, I'm I'm scampering out to my vehicle Friday night to make my flight to go down to Texas, and this kid meets me in the parking lot because I had told that story during offering time about if you're believing for the down payment, if you saved up the down payment and sow it, you can believe God to give the whole thing. And I told that story about the girl that had just enough to go back to do her last year of college. The Lord spoke to her to give the $1,500, and then the Teacher paid 15000 within 24 hours, or whole tuition. So this kid comes out and hands me in an envelope, which, by the way, in 17 years of traveling, I've never met children and teenagers like the ones in this church where they keep giving with fully filled-out offering envelopes, and they, can't, they don't even file taxes. So, like, what, what's the point? There's, like, an 8-year-old girl writing on her offer. So he, run, he walks up to me with wet eyes. You, you can tell when somebody gives an offering with their heart attached yeah. to it. Amen. And he puts it in my hand, and I had the weirdest word of knowledge I've ever had. He puts it in my hand and says, I wanted to give this to you. He never said any more than that. And I said, was, he said, this is all the money I've saved up. I said, were you saving it up for an Xbox One? <laughs> the Lord taught well, I, that was not the Lord told me not only that that He saved that up for an Xbox One, and I spoke to Him to give it. You know, you save up a hundred and some bucks as a child. You know, it's not like you pick up a couple of extra shifts at the mill to get it back. That's like if your grandma gives you like mine, like ten dollars for your birthday. That's ten years of pay. And I felt the Lord speak to me when He, as soon as He handed to me, He saved that up to buy an Xbox, and so by I told him to give it, now you buy it for him. Well, if there's one thing I know about, you can ask my dad. I don't know about hunting. I don't know about fishing. My wife loves to hunt and fish. My dad said when I got married, I felt like I'm not only getting another daughter, but the son I never had. So if he was saving it up for a rifle or something, I'd have done a bad job. But I know about video games. When I'm not preaching, I'm shooting... children in a digital world. It's very frustrating to get killed in a video game by someone whose voice hasn't changed yet. I'm a grown man and then all of a sudden my character dies and I hear in the headset, gotcha! I go from like nine fruit of the spirit to like three. But anyway... You don't have to come get it now. I won't embarrass you, but I got the thing for you. I didn't want you to think I lied, and I told you I'd get it to you on, on Monday. But I just wanted to tell that story as, as how real that is. That when God speaks to you about sowing a seed that's precious to you, he has a harvest in mind. That instead of you trying to scrounge things up, you can give something directed by the Spirit. Think how many people are going to go to heaven, and they never once ask God. They never once asked the Holy Spirit to speak to them about what they should sow. They just, oh, it's not Well, you know, we have this coming. Ask the Lord what would be your best, and particularly this is week two. Before the end of this week, don't let this thing close out. Don't just let it close out and say, boy, I got a great touch, and I got filled. Also be able to say, I planted something in that meeting that I know I'm going to reap the benefit of from now till when Jesus comes. So what is that that you're to plant? You don't have to ask the Lord. The Bible doesn't say let each man give as he's directed by Jonathan. It says let each man give as he's directed by the Spirit. So ask the Lord what he would have you to give. And as you sow it, sow it in faith that as you plant that seed, seeds don't bring back another seed. No, they don't. Well, once Monsanto got involved, they didn't even bring back that. Seed brings back harvest. one hundred fold. Can you say amen? amen. Tomorrow, 12.05 to 1. At night, 7 p.m., and then uh, so that's, that's Tuesday, then they'll just be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So four days, two-a-days. They're going to be the best four days you've ever had in Jesus' name. Please welcome Pastor Daniel Bracken as he closes out tonight's meeting. God bless every one of you in Jesus' name. Hushers, would you come, please?
1: Okay, I feel led to just clarify something. Our evangelist talking about shooting children online. Children are shooting at him in a digital world. You understand? Okay, just wanted to clarify that for a second. Just in case you didn't hear that right. Very good. Four different ways to give the entirety of this offering will go to our guests. And um, I told evangelist Jonathan when he came back how was Sunday? I said oh Sunday was great and uh, we had we have had uh, the most historic victory Sunday than we've ever had well I'm talking about finances being released to our building it was more in two weeks than we've ever had in in the history of the church come on somebody say praise the Lord All right, hurry up it's 10-10 glory to God let's go Ready? Ushers, come on. What a powerful meeting. Don't miss tomorrow, 12 noon, 7 p.m. Lots of people on Facebook tonight. God bless you. Our middle camera gave up the ghost. So sorry about that. And uh, we'll have to get another one, but thank God for our other camera here. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the ministry of Jonathan Shuttlesworth, the whole Shuttlesworth family. Adalas, Camila, thank you for a willingness to labor in the gospel. We've joined together to see a great harvest come and pray, God, give us souls this week. Release your kingdom, release your power. Lord, thank you for this precious man of God. We bless him now and pray a hundredfold to him and his ministry as well as to the giver in Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, go ahead. As soon as you give, stand up on your feet. We are here for you. Come, Come and, and do, do what you do. We are here for you. Come and Stand up on your feet, come in. Uh, John Duke led a team actually the team was I think maybe just him but he went out and led 65 people to Christ this afternoon some of those people came into the church tonight you going out tomorrow again after the noon meeting at 1 o'clock you connect with John Duke John Duke quick run up here Quick, quick 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 hurry up 65 people gave their hearts to Christ come stand right here This is john duke he's an evangelist got raised up right at this house gonna go into the highways and byways so you connect with him after the 12 o'clock meeting lift your hands to heaven let's close father thank you for what you've done what you're doing and what you will do pour out your spirit upon the great northland the land of the midnight sun do god what you said that you would do and give a great harvest of sons and daughters coming from afar children from the ends of the earth your people who you've created for your glory shake this land with the power of the holy spirit through each and every person i pray in jesus name amen god bless you we'll see you tomorrow
0: thank you for joining today's podcast if god is impacting your life through this ministry you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com
1: also don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one